Glancing up through the haze, he saw near his front door a shimmering radiance and wondered if it might not be a spirit come to welcome him. Blinking the rain from his eyes, he saw it was just the glow from the porch light, filmed with cobwebs shredded by the wind. He lay sprawled in the mud and gravel beneath the bare winter branches of the sycamore, heels splayed, head bare, one arm cocked beneath him like a chicken wing, the other pointed straight up the path toward the house. His hat, knocked free, laid upside down, inches from his outstretched fingers. His clothes, filthy and soaked through, clung to his stone-cold skin. The draining heat, he knew, meant shock. And the pain? It grew so total it stopped being pain at all, more a kind of panic. He had strength to move his head, his hand, nothing more. Bubbles of red saliva formed on his lips, a sensation like drowning took hold. One bullet had nicked his spine down low, another up high had cut through his lung, a third had carved and twisted through the meat of his shoulder. The exit wounds felt white-hot, and he guessed each one to be about the size of a child's hand. The blood drained out past his twisted arm into the rain-wet earth and rock. He wondered if Toby's girl, the white girl, Nadia, had seen it all from inside the house. So sudden. No warning. Maybe an ambulance was on the way. He strained to hear a siren, at the same time thinking, no matter. Mentally, he counted and recounted the money in his pocket, bills, coins, wondering if he had enough. For what, old man? His mind lost its grip on the present, his thoughts breaking apart. The night's events got mixed up with scenes from years ago, like snapshots tumbling out of a box. Scraps of remembered sound, too. Music, years of it. A river of mindless ditties and intro hooks, ostinato runs and choruses, the refrains surging in cross-currents like counterpoint, then trailing away. In time, it came like a whisper in his mind, not a sound more the sound within the sound. That haunting yes, the thing he'd hunted session to session, gig to gig, year after year. The truth of it, the tricky fluid soul of it, driving him slightly mad, driven mad by music. He'd sensed it almost every night. Real, yes, any fool could tell you that, but so elusive. Too often, after the final set, he'd sat there alone on stage, the big brass axe in his hands, still warm from his breath, puzzling over how, despite every intent and effort, he'd somehow failed to get his talent around it. And so it chased him down a thousand nameless streets to the latest hotel room, horn case in hand, collar high against the wind. He left behind the other players at the bar, left behind the woman who'd made a point of hip-sliding up, smiling, saying he was the one she'd watched the whole night and whose name he forgot almost instantly, long before he forgot that smile or the spicy flower smell of her skin, all perfumed. And lying awake with the smoke, arm behind his head, he justified his loneliness, this strange madness, by saying, it's an honest business, the pursuit of this sound that isn't a sound, this beckoning silence. It's the reason he played, the reason he'd never given up, never just said yes to the woman in the first place, telling himself, I can live with this, never put down the horn and said, okay.
You win. Enough.